4: Get right to the romance and find the way to wow this Valentine's with 1-800-Flowers.com.
1: Hey, Smaller here. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com slash sports to see their general tires test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be.
0: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment,
2: oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA.
3: He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. (laughs) Listen
2: to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
4: from classic roses and bouquets to decadent chocolate-covered berries, gourmet treats, and more. Surprise your valentine with 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $39.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for $10 more. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com tune in.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific.
1: In the air, everywhere, coast to coast. There are no borders when you do a podcast It's available. You know this. You're listening to the podcast right now, eight days a week because four hours, not enough on the overnight, a podcast which originally was a weekly podcast, and then for some reason we determined that we need to do three podcasts a weekend, so we have... Friday, Saturday and Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. So this is the Saturday podcast. You already knew that. And we do thank you for hanging out. Thanks also to Brad Sham again who was with us yesterday, the voice of the Dallas Cowboys. It's Roger Staubach was calling was playing quarterback. He was calling those games back in the in the 1970s, so it was cool to hang out with him for a few minutes and also just drop a bunch of names after that about people I've run across who are famous broadcasters, and I am like a teenager talking about their favorite band. Uh, it's, uh, that's how that goes. Uh, welcome in here for this podcast here west of the 405, David Gascon. He's uh, with us here. he is, his own sound effects like a douchebag. He's actually coming in on the douche canoe so this, uh, today. Thank
6: jealous. you. like uh, you know, I got a, I got an audience here at work because I actually drive into work. I don't have fanboys that slurp and. And uh, suck up to you every so often. But, uh, you know, it's a different.
1: Well, listen, I'm a man of the people, I guess, can I'll sure. go out, I'll go to a truck stop, I'll dodge the lot lizards, and I'll hang out with fans of the show one on one just to catch up because yeah. that's how I roll. I'm not some name dropping snob like yourself. We could go back to the audio
6: from yesterday if you like and talk about names. Well, that
1: was telling stories, though. That was telling stories. That was not being a braggart like yourself, Mr. La Dida. Yeah,
6: I wasn't telling any stories about celebrities. Sportscasters that I was hanging out with at Laker games or Clipper games or things of that nature. That's fine.
1: Yeah. Well, listen, and we all know uh, who is the drama queen on the show, uh, who is high maintenance, uh, who is the attention whore. David Gesko.
6: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's so eloquently put, especially when we have uh, a chronicle. Of, uh, of mishaps for Ben Maller, not uh, David Gascon. Oh, my gallbladder. Oh, the roof of my mouth. Oh, my car. Oh, traffic. Oh, what was that? Yeah.
1: Oh, I don't get enough airtime. I don't get to ask enough questions. I, never Ooh, that. I, never I have that. to drive into the radio station. Oh, my God. It's so hard. Oh, my God. I have to take my carriage, my horse and carriage into the radio station. It's so terrible. I could be attacked by someone with a pitchfork on the side of it's like the rule of drama. Yeah, <laughs> well, David Gascon, to, to the be, rule of drama. To be
6: fair, there there is boards that are boarding up the windows of the studio around here. So I, I know you haven't been here, but we had yeah. so we had some mandated stuff prior to the election that they started boarding up buildings. In windows, oh, is
0: that
1: right? In, yeah.
6: in the area, yeah. So, and they're still boarded up. Yes, yes. Oddly enough, they are still boarded up
1: as we. Speak. So, there's no view of the street now. No. It's all covered up. Uh, well, oh.
6: there's a view of the street, but on the opposite side of the building, yes, everything's boarded up. Like we're connected.
1: Oh, you know, I actually, I was actually there. I had to pick up my mail. I went over the weekend. I wondered what was. I thought somebody had broken that window <laughs> <No>. <laughs> in the courtyard. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, there's a there's a, a nice showcase entrance into the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios there. Yeah the iHeart building and at the Premier Networks. And so I thought, oh, somebody must have broken that by accident or something. But no, now that you tell me, now it makes sense (laughs) that they just put that up there to avoid it being broken by hoodlums.
6: Now, do you think that that'll be removed uh, after
1: a couple weeks into January? Uh, Yeah, I would think... When the, the next president is sworn in, uh, whether that's Trump again or certainly looks like it's going to be Biden, then they'll have a uh, they'll take it the down. They'll take it down at that point. Right. Why would they leave it up? I, I didn't know though every time I every time I've gone I haven't been there much over the last few months, obviously this is March. yeah but every time I've gone, there's these lunatics across the street yes. at the uh, the galleria screaming and banging on drums. I mean get a damn job. get a life, you losers yeah complaining about every time they're complaining about something or I don't know what they're I don't even know what they're complaining about. they're just out there screaming and shouting and yelling and I mean my God, now the last time that you came into the studio, did you pick up a certain bottle of bourbon? Or whiskey, anything you know, it's funny. I I did not, Uh and uh, we you know, there's listen, we love the Malor militia, I love them more than you, Gascon. Yeah, um, but it's it's a goose chase with the mail because there's you go to there's a drop off point for the mail, then there's the mail room which has like the mail for everyone at the premier network. So you go in there and there's stacks of mail for Limbaugh and Hannity and all these big premier network stars. And then there's a little wee bit pile, a little bit for uh, people like me, Uh, but you have to find, it's like you try to find it and there's all the executives that work at the company and all that. So I went in, I went in to get the bull jerky, which uh, I was able to do, but I found a few things, a lot of stuff from like Gordon in Tacoma, uh, and Alf, the alien opiner, If you want some dill pickle, dill pickle chips. Uh, he sent a big box here of, you know, there's a little candy, which I'm trying to stay off of right now, a little too much, overdid <laughs> it, uh, and then there's like some potato chips, and all, but I did not find the bourbon, and also there was a, a guy that said he was going to send me a, uh, a hat, and he told me, and I didn't see that either, so yeah. you got to let me know, though, if you actually, so some of my people say I'm going to do it, and they don't do it, I understand, but just let us know if you actually do it, because I, I have to track this down, mm-hmm. it, and it's not it's not that hard, but it takes a little time, and so you, you got to let me know, so. But I did not get the bourbon, and we have not heard from the power couple in Kentucky here the last couple of weeks via email, the questions. Yeah. I wonder if they're they're busy doing other stuff here. Hopefully, they're okay. Maybe they're making babies. Uh, you can make babies and still send a question in and you know, listen to the podcast. You yeah. can listen to the podcast while making babies. That'd be kind of cool. I think it's, uh, a lot of women enjoy listening to the podcast while they're uh, <laughs> a
6: little ask, around. A little Ask Ben while you're procreating.
1: Yes, yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, anyway, on this podcast today, uh, you've got You Gotta Be Joking and Tommy Points. Uh, in addition to that, we will also have a pop quiz. All right, pop quiz, yes? Yeah. Sound good? All right, so we'll start with You Gotta Be Joking. So, last night we did Benny versus the Penny, an iconic bit, started on talk radio, moved to the podcast. Now it's on, it's a standalone YouTube show. I think one of the great up-and-coming YouTube shows, it's Upward and Onward for Benny versus the Penny. The audience is growing every week. We're building our base. We're building our foundation for bigger and better things with Benny versus the Penny. Now we've got professional production. Yeah, we've got you know, it's, it major network television quality uh, with the, the graphics and all that. So it's really cool. But on Thursday, Thursday morning, when I got done with the radio show, I opened up. A file on my computer and I clicked on it and this is where I keep my uh, my notes on Benny versus the Penny. Like the little game notes and stuff. Uh, and I got a very unwelcome surprise. So I have a, I have a methodical handicapping style. Uh, it's kind of like a cow grazing in the prairie. I, I'm slow and sturdy and I believe that wins the race. So... It's my method to the or madness. And so I get ready. I'm very meticulous. And I, I have a little chicken scratch that I'll take notes. I start usually on Tuesday kind of looking ahead, doing some uh, handicapping. And I'll go through slowly, you know, randomly, throw some things together that I think might happen in the NFL, which is amazing because I could probably just do this without any prep and do as crappy as I've done. But anyway, so... It's a hobby of mine, and you know, have a workmanlike approach. Well, Thursday morning, I clicked open the notes, which I'd been putting together for a couple of days, and I was gobsmacked. I was flabbergasted. It was all gone. <laughs> there was nothing left. Uh, I don't know. I must have... I was tired. Uh, I must have clicked the wrong button, and it was like a bad magic act. Uh, presto, abracadabra. And I had made it through. I don't remember exactly how many. But I think it was like six or seven of the games this weekend. I had put some notes down that I had for the for the games, and all of that blood, sweat, and tears gone, oh. Gonzo. Oh. It all vanished like a fart in the wind. Oh. Uh, it was it was. So I, I I had to scramble at the end of the week there. I know, not that I'm asking for sympathy, but I had to scramble to make up. I was trying to remember what I had, you know, my my thoughts that I had jotted down for the the games. I did remember most of them, which I'm happy about. But um, I always like to have that, you know, just in case I forget. So it's a little bit different because
6: unlike shows that we see on television and maybe even on radio, certainly not on the digital platforms. But you're the only nerd that actually takes every fucking game, which is remarkable. (laughs) Like you cap yes.
1: every single game. I know. I don't bet every game, though. I want to be right. clear on that, Gaskin. <laughs> but I will handicap every game. Yeah, I will handicap every. Yeah, usually you do like, for, you know, here's the picks of the week, top five picks. You yeah. know, and that's it. And that's what you should do because if you do that, that's good. See, then you avoid having to talk about, you know, like the uh, the New York Giants. Oh. You don't have to talk about the New York Giants and their uh, their situation with the Giants. Philadelphia, that's a, you know, that's a crap game. Yeah. Or yeah. Uh, you know the mismatch games, uh, or Washington, Detroit. You wouldn't have to worry about that.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so, but yeah, anyway, that was my week here uh, with with the preparation for Benny versus the Penny.
6: Little little. Blood, sweat, and tears in Benny versus the Penny, which looks cosmetically a lot better. Did you get much
1: praise with your? Ye- yes, with it uh, looked uh, very good. Uh, professional network television green screen. Yeah, and uh, I saw that I can use that on Zoom, and I can use that on some other other things as well. Yeah. So uh, yeah. No,
6: what was uh, what was cool. the story of week of last week's Benny versus the Penny? Because it, it seemed like there was a draw. And that was between your green screen and your significant other that ambushed the chat and all of the Maller militia <laughs> flocking to her.
1: Yes, yes. They ignored us <laughs> and they were more interested in her and rightfully so. Uh, more interesting than me. Uh, yeah, no. Well, I think she got in there and she wanted to be polite. She just wanted to check in and see what was going on and the show. So she did that. And then like people kept asking her questions. So she didn't want to be rude and leave. And so it... Uh Turned into a whole rigamortor.
6: She let the dogs loose when she said she loves ranch dressing.
1: Well, listen, uh, no one's perfect. Uh, you know, it's, uh, this proves that uh, we can we can hang out. Opposites attract, yes. as you know, and uh, <laughs> so we can have Republicans and Democrats can be friends, and people that like ranch dressing and don't like ranch dressing can uh, be married. That's, it can happen. It can true. happen. Yeah. That's, that's, we, we have though. There's like a. a Point of demarcation there. There's a separation between um, my side and her side with the ranch dressing, and so she she keeps it in a special place away from my food. I don't want my food soiled by the devil's blood, which is ranch dressing. And uh, yeah, so that that's how we that's how we do it.
6: Is that how you guys cook too, though? Like, if you have, and you know, when you guys are preparing lunch or dinner, do you guys actually have? separate sides which you'll cook on so that way you're
1: uh well a little bit because uh, my wife eats gluten-free most of the time so oh. there's no gluten i'm a big gluten guy although i'm cutting back on that a little bit these days but uh yeah so we'll uh, we'll make like uh, chicken parm or something like that and she'll mm-hmm. use the gluten-free stuff and i'll use the evil gluten and uh, and all that. But it's not that. I mean, it's like an extra bowl. You know, it's like one extra bowl. Yeah. So that's fine. Now, is your is your co- oh you? I'm glad you approve of that, Gascon. I'm glad we've got the uh, Gascon seal of approval. Well, no,
6: no, I'm just saying, like in terms of you guys splitting things up, it's not like a house divided, where God forbid, like you're just repulsed by what
1: you... No, there's not an actual red stripe down the middle of the house. <laughs> there's not like in that you know the old TV trope from back in the day, yeah. right? You know, a couple gets into a fight and. they have- it, it always, the, the TV tropes that You go on the couch, right? The guy always sleeps on the couch. Yeah, hundred percent, right? And I think about about some of those things. Uh, well, there's a, a great website if you want to throw down a rabbit hole. It's called TVTropes.org, mm. and they have all of them. It's hilarious. It is. It is. A, they did a tremendous job on that that website. Like any. Any narrative you want from television or cartoons or whatever television news, yeah, they did a great job. It's speaking, wonderful.
6: Speaking of that, on in the archives, God rest his soul, but people were showing old outtakes of Alex Trebek over the last couple of days. Yeah, and, and some of the promos he did, I, I was, <laughs> I mean, I'd bust up. But when you hear someone that's so polite and sincere talk, and then all of a sudden they start dropping f bombs. It's pretty. Uh-huh. It's pretty damn good, and so watching Alex Trebek do some of his outtakes and just start cussing
1: in the middle of them, um, it's, it's pretty. It's pretty solid. Back well, back. the story about Trebek that I loved, and I, I, I had not heard it before, and we mentioned it on the radio show, but I don't think we spent enough time on it. That Alex Trebek was up to be the hockey night in Canada guy. Yeah. And I didn't know that. And if he had gotten that job, he would have never, I would assume, never have ended up as the, the Jeopardy guy. And, you know, it would have been big in Canada and he's a Canadian guy and all that. And so that would have been good. But, I mean, geez, it's like it's like I told the story. It's like Vince Scully, uh, you know, he explained years ago that he wanted to be the, the guy at the radio station in D.C. that introduced the president. Ladies and gentlemen, the president of the United States with the State of the Union. Yeah. You know, and, and that was the, the guy at the radio station in D.C. got to do that for the whole country. And that was a big deal. And Scully was like the backup to the guy. And then he got offered a job by Red Barber. But uh, it's uh, Alex Trebek could have been a CBC uh, broadcaster. Hockey night in Canada.
6: Would you turn down your dream job in sports? to do what Alex Trebek did for Jeopardy and get paid his salary.
1: Yeah, if I got offered a game show, uh, yeah. Reminds me of another story that I heard from uh, Pat Sajak. Because Pat was doing local television in LA, Mm -hmm. and he was like, you know, I don't know, should I do this game show or not? You know, sometimes these things don't work, and sometimes they do, and... I mean, he's still doing Wheel of Fortune. You think if he was on Channel Four News, he would still be doing the Channel Four News it's, in L.A.?
6: It's wild. They it's it's him and Vanna White, and then even on the news side, like Colleen Williams and a bunch. of Jim Hill. These people never fucking age.
1: Well, there's reasons for that.
6: I know. I, I know. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. But it's it's absolutely amazing. I, I mean, uh, I know it's it's a lot of cosmetics, but. These people are still humming along and still doing great work on
1: television. Yeah, but but Pat Sajak was working at KNBC yeah. in the 1970s. And uh, hes I guess he was uh, like a weather guy or whatever. And then he came out for a few years. And he was like the full-time weather guy. And how easy a gig is that? The weather in California. And there's no change in Southern California. It doesn't change much at all. And, uh, and then, like, in the early 80s, Merv Griffin is like, hey, you want to you want to host a game show? And, uh, yeah, he did. I remember he, he told the story. I, I I heard the story. I was at uh, Stu Nahan's funeral. And Pat spoke at Stu Nahan's funeral, believe it or not. Oh, Pat. Oh yeah. And Pat told the story about how, like, you know, he was kidding around about how, like, Stu told him not to take the job or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he took the job, obviously, and the rest is, uh, is history.
6: If so. there was one game show you would love to host,
1: what is that one? Oh, deal or no deal? No, no, no. I like deal or no deal. You know what I like old school, though? No whammy, no whammy, no whammy. Yeah. Big money, big money, big money, big money. Press your luck. Uh, Press your luck, yeah. exactly right. I loved that show when I was uh, when I was a kid, man. That was that was it as a kid watching that. Oh man, and then uh, oh, it's See, awesome.
6: I, I liked Dick Clark was fantastic. So he did the hundred thousand dollar pyramid. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh, I forget who he is, but he was a host here in L.A. and I think he lives in Arizona now. But he used to host Hollywood Squares. Okay. I don't know if,
1: uh, you, if you remember. I, who I, I, remember. I, I, you know, you're talking about Celebrity Hollywood Squares when they had the... Back in the day, like back in the... Uh, back In the,
6: the 70s? 70s, 80s, 90s. Um, gosh, I'm trying to forget who... or I'm trying to remember who it was. Um,
1: I remember Shadow Stevens was on that show a lot, but it wasn't him. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh... I'm not sure. I, I don't know off the top. I, I probably know what the person looks like if I saw him, but. Yeah, you know. man, I'm trying to remember. But John yeah. Davidson? Was it John Davidson? No. Is that who it was? No.
6: Man, I'm trying to remember now who it was. So those those two games were a favorite. Name
1: that two. Peter Marshall? Was it Peter Marshall? No, it wasn't Peter no. Marshall. All right. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure who it was. That, that show hasn't been on in a long time, Hollywood Squares. It was on for. A good stretch, right? That I mean, was on the sixties and the eighties and the nineties, and yeah, it was a long time. Why, why don't they bring that? Well, I guess it's be, it'd be hard to bring it back because, like, everyone's kind of a celebrity these days with the internet. Yeah, that's true. I, like, it, it's watered down what a celebrity is, hasn't it? Yeah, pretty much. So, like there were big Gene Rayburn. Is that who it was? <sighs> I don't know. Come on! I don't know. <laughs> I'm giving you
6: some good names here. They are good. They're They're really good. P- Press Your Luck was fantastic,
1: though. I'm- oh, you know what I liked also was the, I forget the name of it. Oh, was it Deal or No Deal? Maybe it was Deal or No Deal. The one where they would dress up in Halloween costumes, and they'd you know, act crazy, and they'd, you know, do you want to take the deal, or do you want to take what's behind door, you know, curtain number one, or, you know, that, that show? Oh, I love that show. Uh, Chuck Woolery. Oh, Chuck Woolery. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Chuck Woolery.
6: There you go. Bob Barker, of course. Was I
1: remember there. Chuck Woolery though as the host of that uh, that relationship thing, game show thing. Was Love Connection? Was that it?
0: <laughs> Is that what it was?
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 It was. I think it was called Love Connection. Pretty. Pretty sure that was that was his deal. Man. Uh, back in the day. <laughs> So
6: we had some good we had some we had really good game shows back in the day. I don't know if they're as as popular now as they used to be. part of it's just because of the the amount of content that's out there.
1: Yeah, there were some great uh, game shows uh, absolutely back uh, back in the day. All right so uh, are you ready for story time? Yeah are you ready for story time All right so earlier this week, the great Tommy Heinsohn passed away at age 86. I was hoping to get Tommy on the podcast. We had Dick Stockton on, uh, and Tommy was calling games with Dick Stockton back in the day. But for 64 years, Tommy Heinsohn had been an institution for the Boston Celtics and the Boston sports scene. He was a player, he was a coach, he was a broadcaster, he was the team ambassador, uh, all of that, and a bag of chips. And even though he wasn't born in Massachusetts, he was born in Jersey. He was bred in Massachusetts, I think in Worcester. And from what I, I read this the other day, and it blew me away, Tommy Heinsohn was part of all 17 Boston championships. He won eight as a player, two as a coach, and the rest he was broadcasting for the other Celtic uh, championships. So he was there. He's been there for all 17 championships. And. When I was a kid, my first real taste of the NBA, as I remember, I used to watch NBA games. The first I really remember were the NBA final games that was a big deal, and that was Dick Stockton and Tommy Heinsohn calling the games. and, And then I would watch him later on when he did the Celtic games on the satellite, and he would berate the officials and... And uh, he just basically did. Tommy Heinsohn's style was to take what uh, Johnny Most, the, the Celtic play-by-play guy, had done, who he knew, and just kind of take his stick and run with it. But our paths in life crossed one night. I had dinner with Tommy Heinsohn. How crazy is that, Guess I had dinner with the great Tommy Heinsohn. Where did you have dinner at? Well, I'm going to tell you the story right now. Settle in for story time with Benny. Are you excited for story time with Benny? Casually. Depends. Wow. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what a douche. All right. So let's, let's go back in the way back machine, the hot tub time machine, however you want to call it. The year was 2005, but it was the very end of 2005. It was New Year's Eve, right? We were heading into 2006. The calendar was about to flip. So this is uh, 15, 14 years ago. It's been almost 15 because we're almost at the end of 2020, thank God. So the Clippers are playing the Celtics at Staples Center. And having no life and having no girlfriend, I was uh, freeloading and I was hanging out. I hung out every night at a different event. I was at basketball, hockey during the wintertime. And during the summer, I was at baseball games. So I was hanging out at the Chick Kern press room at at staples center and and so here's and i want to i want to put a caveat on this this is how i remember the night you know our memories change over the years and we remember very little often but i i remember this because this was a an eventful night and this was one of those nights you kind of remember right there's a few days in your life that you kind of flashback and you're like you remember fondly so i was with my guy lee klein who we've had on the podcast and the Prince of Darkness, Lee Klein, and so our our routine at these games. Uh, Lee was out with me; he was running shotgun with me, and so we would hang out in the chick and press room, chowing down on the press grub, schmoozing, going around. We had a bounce from table to table. We didn't have a normal table; we kind of bounced around a little bit. So we were doing our routine. New Year's Eve, a game. I think started about six thirty. So this is probably maybe around four thirty in the afternoon like between 4.30 and like 5.30 roughly. Um, so we're doing it. And, and so we're sitting at a table doing our thing, uh, you know, shooting the, the shit with uh, some of the guys, some of the reporters, some of the writers, the people that work for the Clippers. And in pops Tommy Heinz and Mike Gorman, who's the play-by-play guy for the Celtics. And they just randomly happen to sit down at our table to have their, their pregame meal. And uh, so you know, here's an opportunity and uh, Tommy was very reserved and all that but uh you know it wasn't intentional. He didn't know who the hell I was. So anyway, of course, Lee started the conversation, you know, asking him about some some Celtics, you know, back in the day and the, the floodgates just opened and then we were all involved in the conversation. It was amazing. And Tommy Heinsohn talked about the early days in Boston trying to trying to make basketball popular and how they were trying to get kids to play basketball in high schools and they didn't have high school basketball in Massachusetts and in a part of the Northeast there and and uh, and the other thing I, I there's a few things I remember about that conversation that that stuck with me but he swore this was hilarious because Tommy was known as just slaying the Lakers when he did the CBS games and everyone who liked the uh, the Lakers hated him. And that's why I like Tommy. Anyway, so Tommy, we're just having a casual meal, you know, off the record, just shooting the crap and BSing and all that. And Tommy swore at that dinner that the 1980 Showtime Lakers was a ripoff of the Celtics, that Pat Riley had just stolen the Bill Sharman style of basketball, Bill Sharman, an old Celtic. I know he worked for the Lakers as well. But, you know, Tommy's giving me the whole – the whole rigmarole on that, which was pretty funny. He was going into great detail about the Lakers of the 80s and how they were just, you know, it was a ripoff of what the Celtics did back in the day. And it was hilarious. And uh, and he also told a funny story about Red Arbach, who he claimed, and I know he's told this to other people, but he said like he wouldn't rip Bill Russell or Cousy, the stars of those Celtic teams. So he just unloaded on Heinsohn. Because the other guys, I forget what he said, like they were the leaders of the team or whatever, and they were great. But so Arbok picked on him. And I mean, this last like 30, 30, 40 minutes or something like that, it was was great. It was awesome. And uh, very fond memories of that. One night, 15 years ago now, Tommy in that thick New England accent. Uh, just oozing Boston and all that, just going on and on. And he also told the story. He, he, you know, he won the Rookie of the Year. Tommy Heinsohn. You know how much he got for that? Pennies on the dollar. Two hundred fifty dollars. He got <laughs> that was his bonus. Two hundred fifty bucks. <laughs> oh man! In fact, the the story about Heinson is that he the money was so crappy in the NBA in those olden days that when he was offered the Celtic coaching job he seriously considered not taking it to sell life insurance instead wow cuz you can make more money selling life insurance than coaching the celtics that reminds me of the the scene from major league Hey, it's Charlie Doyle. You want to manage the Indians? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I got a guy in the other line for some white walls. You know, that old deal. Yeah, yeah. What was some, one of the great scenes of all time.
6: What, when you guys were, were eating, what was his what was his personality like? What was his persona? It was it's pretty
1: he- calm. He wasn't like the over-the-top screaming and shouting. Yeah. You know, it was a very, very calm conversation. You know, he was just reminiscing. And one of the funny things that kind of led into the conversation was on that night, Walter, Walter McCarty was on the Clippers and that was the guy if you remember, maybe you don't but Tommy Heinsohn when he was calling the Celtic games fell in love with Walter McCarty of all people and he would yell and cheer whenever Walter did anything, who was let's be honest a marginal NBA player, right? Walter McCarty and he'd I love Walter! (laughs) He would shout and so this is actually pretty funny. So we asked, because Walter was on the Clippers at that point. He was a backup. He wasn't playing much at all. But the Clippers were playing the Celtics. So we're like, hey, Walter's on the Clippers. Are you excited? And Tommy, while he's eating his, you know, chicken parm or whatever they have there, I forget what they had that night, but Tommy Heinsohn then explains to us that the reason he fell in love with Walter McCarty is because calling the Celtic games had become Boring, not boring. I don't know if boring is the right word that he used, the right adjective. But the Celtics had a very slow, plodding team. Mm. Um, The offense had been bogged down. They had guys like Purvis Ellison. Uh, Dana Barros was at the end of his career. That was like that era of the Celtics. I think they had D Brown, who doesn't strike me as a guy that's bogging down the offense. But anyway, um, so... Tommy saw Walter McCarty as this young, athletic guy that was, you know, that's how he liked basketball, Tommy, right? He liked the guys that could run around and, yeah. and move. And and so he just loved the energetic way that Walter McCarty played for the Celtics. And so he completely uh, fell in love with Walter. And uh, so that's the legend of Walter McCarty. But rest in peace to Tommy Heinsohn and uh, great broadcasting career, and I I was before my time, he was a player and a coach. That's, you you talk about dying breed and the way of the world with social media and all that. It's hard to imagine, but maybe this will happen, that anyone playing today would follow that outline. You know what I mean? Like All those years, 60 years with the Celtics, over 60 years. Like, I'm trying to, who who would be the, the equivalent of a player that's playing today? Some would say Derek Jeter with the Yankees, but Jeter's already left the Yankees. He's now the Marlins owner. Yeah.
2: I,
6: I, the only person I, I could have actually thought of like that would have been Kobe Bryant had he been still alive. But then again, with him, he went into
1: Hollywood. Yeah, he was into the documentaries and all that yeah. stuff. And, uh, and Manning
6: yeah. and Manning obviously left Indy, left Denver, Brady leaves Tampa Bay. You don't have anyone like that in the National Football League.
1: Well, I could see Brady going back to the Patriots, but I don't think he's gonna. He doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that's gonna want to go into football. He he wants to sell his uh, quackery. You know, he's got all that TB12 stuff that he's hawking, so he wants to do that. Yeah. So baseball. Anybody
6: in baseball?
1: Yeah, I don't Mike Trout, but he's a East Coast guy. When he's done playing, he's going to go back to to, to Philadelphia, Philadelphia or Jersey or whatever and hang out there. Yeah. Do his do his thing.
6: Yeah, I don't yeah, I don't see anybody in among the fourth four North American sports that would be a lifer. Not even LeBron. Yeah. I mean, for what LeBron's done. Well, LeBron's already a vagabond.
1: He's yeah. been all over the basketball world. And he'll probably... I don't think the Lakers are his last team. I bet you he plays with somebody else before he's hes done in the NBA. Yeah. I, I would think he'll go maybe go back to Cleveland if you know, he plays long enough for his kid to be in the NBA. And the Cavs just conveniently have to draft <laughs> just happen to draft I don't know how this could happen yeah look brawny um, I'm sure there's no chance of that happening right? there's not the NBA is not going to set that up at <laughs> all that would be wrong that would be that would be wrong that would be a yes? first.
6: that would be a first in NBA history
1: yeah they never do that kind no. of stuff they never ever do that kind of stuff all right so I, we have pop quiz you want to get to the pop quiz here you good for the pop sure. quiz yes yeah all right so uh, these are things I found on the internet and we'll do a few of these right now on the pop quiz i have no notice that since we had the babylon B on and since the babylon B became popular you've gone away from B or not to be
6: yeah it's it's too it's tra- played out it's too trendy yeah. that's the problem
1: hmm. because I thought west of the 405 guys were trendy no we were trendsetters no. yeah yeah i have the i have the odds on before i get to pop quiz i have the odds on you can actually bet on who the next Jeopardy host will be. I saw some of those. I have a full list. I just got sent this. My guy Jimmy Shapiro sent this from uh, from if, Bet Online. If
6: it's George Stephanopoulos, I will carve out my eyes. Uh, you're going to carve out your eyes? Yeah.
1: Uh, well, let me give you... Uh, you want me to give you the guys of the longest shot here? It's always fun, sure. some of the names they put on there. A uh, thousand to one shot. Donald Trump, <laughs> no way, yeah, did no you way. see that trump, if he, he i i he's almost better off, I hate saying it, losing for him, and I'll tell you why, right, because Biden becomes president, fine, Trump then gets a hundred million dollar book television deal, yeah he will be he's still eligible to run for president in 2024 and he'll just spend the next 4 years campaigning to be the president in 2024 right yeah. so and he'd make 100 million dollars doing it
6: and he's the odds on favorite to win the rnc in 2024
1: yeah i'm just saying like for like, financially uh for him that would actually be better if biden becomes president cuz then he would make the 100 million do some television and and then bounce back a few years down the line. Uh, who else do we have? Oprah Winfrey is 100 to 1. No way. She's not going to do that. No That's way. a job. You got to show up. Joe Rogan, 66 to 1. No, he's not going to. That's a big payday,
6: though, from what he's getting right now doing his podcasts. And, of course, the UFC.
1: No, uh, he's making a lot of money on the podcast. Yeah. He's doing well. Uh, Aaron Andrews. No way. No chance. Uh, Steve Harvey. Yeah. You can see that. Steve Harvey loves game shows. I don't know if he'd be allowed to contractually to do that. That's true. Uh, Howie Mandel, uh, 40 to 1. Steve Harvey is 40 to 1. As I said, uh, who else? Uh, let's see here. Page down. Drew, uh, Drew Carey is on this list. Uh, Wolf Blitzer is 28 to 1.
6: Uh, no. No. I think it's too much of a similarity between him and Alex Trebek.
1: Ryan Seacrest is only eighteen to one. No way. Uh, Pat Sajak sixteen to one. Can't do it. Neil deGrasse Tyson fourteen gr- to one. That would be great. He's pretty good. Yes, that would he's be fantastic. Pretty good. Did I say John Stewart? Did I say his name? You he's did on not. here. Uh, Piers Morgan. Uh, weak. No, Piers Morgan. No. John Stewart's coming back doing some TV something. Yeah, he's doing his own right? show again. Yeah uh katie couric no no that's not uh yeah the top three are lavar burton nine to one that'd be good good. george stephanopoulos at 13 to four and the favorite you know what the favorite is the no who's the favorite ken jennings ken jennings is the favorite yeah all right are you
6: a big jeopardy guy anyway
1: no, no. I mean, we we were, when I was younger, we were watching because you know we, my my mom and dad would like to play along, you know, because they were smart. but yeah. I'm dumb. I'm dumb. So, but I'll watch it. You know, it's cool. It's a fun show. I I feel smart. You really feel smart when you get something right. You feel yeah. like, oh man, I nailed that one. Yeah. But uh, they don't usually have categories I would do well in. It like,
6: is great. Uh, though. Let's do uh,
1: Dodger relief pitchers in the '80s uh, for, <laughs> you know, for for a thousand, Alex. But when Can they, I get that? Yeah. When
6: they go the opposite way though, and they start asking these contestants sports questions, and they're not even close.
1: I, like most. Oh yeah, yeah, not yeah. Even yeah, on the yeah. Well, how awkward is it going to be though? When they, I know Alex Trebek before he passed, he had taped a bunch of episodes. But at some point, those are going to run out. Yes. And oh man, it's gonna be it's gonna be wild. Whew. All right, uh let's do some pop quiz. Yes? Yes, right, yes. here we go. Let's, let's uh, raise the temperature, please. Eighty percent of people say they have never thoroughly cleaned this. What is it? Their toilet. No, people clean their toilet. Uh the microwave. Yeah, yeah you my dad loves the microwave. he cannot stand waiting uh, the food tastes so much better in the oven, but my my old man loves the microwave. He'll put anything in the microwave and because he has no patience. yeah, I don't even really like the microwave. I like to put stuff in the oven because it tastes better. How
6: about this? Do you ever microwave cold pizza? N-
1: no because you actually t- it tastes better if you warm it up in the oven. Oh, I about that I never wor- I never warm it up. Once it goes you cold, sh- I just keep it cold. Oh, you just keep it cold? Yeah. yeah if you warm, but if you warm it up, it'll come back to life in the oven. Okay,
6: so one thing you cannot do. This is like rule number one if you ever have this okay. happen. Gascon's rules of life. You, Take notes. You can never microwave French fries that have gone cold.
1: Oh, well, yeah. There's a lot of things you can't put in the microwave because they, they taste rubbery and disgusting. Yes. What's the, what's the food that tastes the greatest? I would say popcorn. Out of the microwave tastes fine. That's how you make popcorn. Put it in the microwave. You can put it over the stove with the fire and all that. But All right. Americans eat about one billion pounds of this every year. What is it? One billion pounds. I ate this a lot when I was a kid, not as an adult. Uh, Walnuts. Walnuts. No, tuna. Oh. Tuna, 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 tuna.
6: I've been eating a lot of tuna recently.
1: Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. T- tuna with mayo, or how do you eat your
6: tuna? Uh, I just, I actually just sear it. I'll go to like Sprouts or Whole oh. Foods, and I'll just buy buy uh, some ahi tuna. I'll brought, buy a couple fillets, and then uh, yeah, oh, look at you, fillets
1: of ahi tuna. That doesn't sound pretentious at all, not at all.
6: <laughs> it's healthy, man. I gotta, I gotta fix the diet. I can't fucking work out to the fullest anymore.
1: Yeah, I know I got to change my dad it sucks. <laughs> See, it's not brutal. It's not good. Bu- it's good. bullshit. All right, uh this was not an uncommon 21st birthday present. In England, right up until the 1950s, this was a staple of English society. What is it? When you turn 21. A bride. a bride. No, this is so such a uh, English thing getting all teeth pulled. <laughs> what? <laughs> Well, they're legendary. Yeah, the, the, the,
6: the, they're just railroad tracks. So,
1: oh, my God. I guess. You're getting Does that mean you put the fake teeth in and that's your 21st birthday present? Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. This title, the title of this song, rather, which was a hit in the 1960s and the 1980s, was taken from a neon sign on a, the side of a New York City building. Beat it. Beat it. Beat it. <laughs> uh, no, it was Moni uh, Moni. Oh, the okay. Shondells. Yeah, yeah. And Billy Idol later did that, but the Shondells back in the end of the day. So that was a, I assume it would have said money, money, yeah. but instead they just made it money, money. Yeah. All right. Uh, in Switzerland, if you buy this as a pet, you must get two. It is the law. Um, how about a bird? The bird is the word. Uh, no, uh, actually, guinea pig. Oh, all right. Guinea pig. You yeah, have buy two guinea pigs. Why is that?
6: I have no idea. I've never purchased a guinea pig.
1: That's not what I heard. <laughs> All right. 14% of kids want to be this when they grow up. What is it? Um, an astronaut. Zookeeper. Wow. Now, does
6: yeah. that lead to you being a veterinarian?
1: A lot of kids want to be veterinarians and they want to work in the ocean uh, and work with whales and things like that. But uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure when I was a little kid, when I, my parents take me to San Diego Zoo or something, the wild animal park, I was like, oh, I want to, be a, you know, I want to work with animals. Yeah. All right. The most popular show that people watch in other countries to help themselves learn English is Friends. What is number two behind Friends?
6: The Kardashians.
1: Nope. It is The Simpsons. Oh! oh, all right. Yeah, The Simpsons. It's good. Yeah, can learn a lot of interesting things on The Simpsons. 70% of parents feel guilty when they tell their kids this. No. no. Get off your phone. Oh. They don't like it. They feel guilty because they, they're on their phones all the time, right? That's true. Very true. In an online survey, 2,000 people were asked, what one fashion trend would you like to see go away? This was the number one answer. Skinny jeans. Close, but try again. Not bell bottoms. Bell bottoms aren't in style. They want this to go away. It's not the 1970s or the year of the 80s anymore. I don't know. But God. I don't know. I gave you my best answer. All right. The answer is saggy pants, not tight pants, saggy pants. I haven't seen saggy pants in a long time. I haven't seen them either, but apparently they're still out there. I I remember when that became the the big thing and how everyone was like aghast (laughs) when the NBA players would show up with their pants down around their ankles and people get nuts. And David Stern put the dress code in and yeah. Uh, people are freaking out. Alan Iverson. Now, like, if you criticize anyone the way they dress, they call you all kinds of names. Oh yeah! You can't even, oh, you're a terrible human being. You're never supposed to say anything about the way anyone dresses. All right. Almost. I'll do a few more. We will get out of here. Almost four in ten people believe they can control this. Their diet. Their diet. Uh, well, but you could control your diet. What you eat. You can. No, their dreams. I don't know. Dreams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but their dreams. Right? You think you can, you know, I'm going to dream about X, Y, and Z or A, B, and C, and you can figure it out. I've heard, though, usually your dreams are related to what you did right before you went to yes. sleep. Like if you watch something, you'll have a dream kind of related to that topic. Or if you talk to somebody about something, or you, you know, I mean? or you saw a photo of someone, they'll be in your dream, that kind of thing. Yeah. That happens to me more often now than ever. All right. This tends to happen more on a Tuesday than any other day of the week. What is it? Um, you get fired. Uh, no, I think that's Friday. I've always been fired on Friday. Hmm. They make sure you work the whole week and they whack you on Friday. But uh, according to a, uh, the answer, by the way, is uh, late for work. People are late. Why would they be, wouldn't you be late on Monday rather than Tuesday? No, you got to set the tone that you're on time on Monday. Oh, so Monday you're on time and then Tuesday you're sleeping. You yeah. Okay. Got it. All right. Uh, according to a new, last one, according to a new survey, 14% of us have never performed this very simple task, which was a staple of the world for decades and decades. Um, can you give me a hint? Uh, it's related to uh, interacting with other human beings and a way of interacting with other human beings. How about
6: shaking hands?
1: Uh, well, now no one's shaking hands because of the Corona, that's but true. no, that's not it. Uh, the answer is writing a letter, oh. an actual pen, paper letter. Interesting. I have done that in my life, but I'm old. Yeah. Have you ever written a letter, or a pen and paper? I have,
6: unfortunately. Yes. And they have not been discarded. I, I don't think they've been discarded or torn up, but they're if out you there somewhere. have a box?
1: Uh... Do you have a, a box of letters that you've uh, written, like the the old Abraham Lincoln thing, right? Where you have, remember that story we've talked about it here, where you you get upset with someone oh, and yeah. the the the. Hey, Smaller here. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All terrain tires for on and off road adventure. lost art of the unsent letter, right? You know, you'd write a horrible a hot letter, complain, nasty words and then you'd put it in a drawer and never send
6: it. I yeah, I've I've written and then no, I've written and sent. And then I immediately delete if I've done it on my computer.
1: Wait, you've written and sent? Yeah. So what's the point of deleting it if you already wrote it and sent it? So it's a copy of it.
6: I, yeah, I don't want to be reminded of the copy. Oh. It's, right. it's like well, it's like when you have pictures, like you have the pictures, and then you took them, and then all of a sudden you don't want to remember
1: them anymore. Okay, I got you. I got you. All right, we get out of here. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Benny versus the Penny. If you have not watched it yet, we did the live show on Friday night. We talked about it a little bit earlier here, but you can check that out. It's on the YouTube. There's links on my Twitter feed. If you scroll down, Gascon tweets it out. You can follow me on Twitter, at Ben Maller. That's at Ben Maller. And also on Facebook, Ben Maller Show. Instagram, Ben Maller on Fox. You want a personalized video on Cameo.com. Cameo cameo cameo.com. You can check that out and to find me there. Just type my name in and I'd love to, to help you out. And and remember, guys, on the Facebook page, the every Wednesday we will have a solicitation for questions for the mailbag, which we're doing tomorrow. And you can also email those questions in if you want, but we usually just take them off Facebook. But if you want to email in questions for the the mailbag, it's realfifthhour at gmail dot com. And Gascon people can reach you how? Yes, on Twitter at David J Gascon. If you go, that's just the letter J, not J A Y, just the letter J. Yes, yes. yes. And then on Instagram
6: at Dave Gascon. If you want to go and find Benny versus the Penny, just type that in on YouTube. It'll populate. You'll find it. And uh, we're loud and proud. All right. Have a great day. We'll catch you tomorrow.
4: If you love to be remembered as the person who gives the best birthday gifts, I'm here to tell you that 1-800-Flowers.com is your ultimate birthday gifting destination. 1-800-Flowers has thoughtful and artfully created options that are guaranteed to deliver the best birthday surprise. Shop thousands of unique gifts at 1-800-Flowers.com for exclusive offers and great values. To order today, visit 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com
2: slash tune in. Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure and pebbles. They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you, their fearless guide through this fascinating world. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific.
4: Get right to the romance and find the way to wow this Valentine's with 1-800-Flowers.com. From classic roses and bouquets to decadent chocolate-covered berries, gourmet treats, and more, surprise your Valentine with 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $39.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for $10 more. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's
3: 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in.